Oh, sinners and choosers and lovers and dreamers, hypocrites, cynical folks, and all the skeptical folks, too. Welcome to Choose Your Own Religion. My name is Joe. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Uh, This is the show where uh, me and a guest talk about whatever religious stuff we had, whatever religious things we have now, if we have any at all. Often we don't have any at all. Uh, and then we make up religions. And first of all, I just want to thank you to say thank you so much to everyone who came out to the first live Choose Your Own Religion. It was it was honestly a fucking blast, and we're going to do more of them, and I, I couldn't be more happy about that. They won't be released on this channel because, honestly, it's, it's too weird, and it wouldn't be a great audio experience, but... Uh, they're great shows. We Thank you so much to Dan Prevett, Alex Hooper, Casey Coop, and uh, all the improvisers that we had come out and do do fun, weird stuff for us in our, our fucked up worship service. So my um, guest this week is actually two guests, Ross Blocker and Carrie Poppy of the podcast Oh No with Ross and Carrie. As we talk about in this episode, they grew up evangelical Christian, and now they they visit different uh, religious places and spiritual places and fringe science things and and try to immerse themselves in it to see if there's any truth or if it's all bullshit or whatnot. It's a really great podcast. They did a, a really big series on Scientology, which I recommend everybody check out uh, if you if you're interested at all in hearing somebody really uh, actually try to have a firsthand experience with uh, with this stuff. So thank you so much to Ross and Carrie for coming on. You can listen to their podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. It's on the Maximum Fun Network. Just search Oh No, Ross and Carrie, and you'll you'll find a place to have them. Uh, they're basically their podcast is a uh, a more immersive version of something I've been doing blogging this year, uh, which is called This Week in Spiritual Narcissism, which you can check out on my website, chooseyourownreligion.com. I've been going to a different church or having a different spiritual, quote-unquote, spiritual experience uh, as loosely defined as that is uh, and uh, blogging about it. And so uh, if you want to check that out, again, that's chooseyourownreligion.com. You can also find old episodes there. Uh, and you can also find me on iTunes and Stitcher. And uh, if you ever feel like leaving a rating or review on any of those sites, uh, that's that's cool. That's great. I hope you like this episode. It was a lot of fun to do. Uh, please, please, but please don't take my word for it. Be skeptical, critically think, and welcome in Ross and Carrie. Allow the soothing music and uplifting affirmations to center your heart and mind in an awareness of God's love. Wake up, my dear sinners. Wake up from your deep rest. Won't you say your prayers Know that you are blessed I love you Oh, but Jesus loves you the best And I hope that you choose Your own religion Cool. I haven't done many people where I've just met them off the internet Right And then Oh, good so it's like cool for me. Oh, awesome. Like I felt, I was like driving over here. I was like, I feel like LA is, it's like if the internet became a city. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, totally. Hopefully in a good way. Yeah, mostly. You know, yeah, good and bad yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I have one friend who I met off Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Not like I was looking for friends on Craigslist. It wasn't like Craig, Craig, right? Right. <laughs> no, I did have a boyfriend named Craig. Yeah, because that would be perfect. Um, no, uh, <laughs> this woman, Marina, I bought a, a fan from her. Mm-hmm. Do you want to make a fan joke? 
No, no, go okay. ahead. I bought a, if I wasn't under the weather, I'd be right on there. <laughs> I bought a fan from her for Drew. Um, and uh, then when I was hanging out there, I kept thinking like, oh, she's so cool. Like, I want to be her friend. Uh, but it's too weird to be like an adult and be like, do you want to be friends? <laughs> so I right. kept kind of waiting for her to be like, do you want to be friends? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I kind of got the vibe that she too like wanted to be friends because mm-hmm. she kept being like, uh, like stay and meet my rats. Do you want to meet meet my dogs? But I think <laughs> both of us didn't want to do that moment. And then finally she texted me afterward and was like, do you want to hang out sometime? And I was like, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so we're friends <laughs> This now. feels that's like great. a Seinfeld episode. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was, that, that, that's a great story because I can't even think of like many friend origin stories like i feel like it's like oh right that person's my friend but i can't pick out one moment right. when that when exactly that, that happened right. yeah that's true yeah. or there's just like an organization that you know that's how you met right it's like oh we met at work or whatever but right but and eventually that. we just got coffee enough together right. next right. to each other right or <laughs> i guess we're friends now <laughs> right you complained <laughs> about the same thing enough that <laughs> yeah there it was um, so thank you guys again for coming on. Pleasure. This Our pleasure. Awesome. I guess yeah, we're rolling now, right? We're rolling deep in it. Cool. Um, I deep in it. <laughs> well, one thing that was this cool- isn't just like the superficial rolling. This is the deep roll. We're the, now. In the deep, deep ass roll mm-hmm. right now. Nice. Uh, so you guys, I mean, the whole format of your podcast, as I know, but maybe people listening don't know, is that you investigate shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a good summary. Usually religious places or whatever. And it's like, like I'm starting this year to go to a different like church every week just oh, on my oh, own, cool. but like more that's as so cool. a spiritual tourist type thing, like uh-huh. a total, and I'm, I'm blogging about and all that stuff, but you guys are going like into the more kind of like outer realms, it seems like, and like crossing into like paranormal people and uh, like the, the most recent one I just listened to is like the apocalyptic kind of yes. seminars. Yeah, yeah, we're still releasing those. We just released one today. Right. Oh, cool. And yeah, for us, if we see you have some really cool idea that you're sharing, some really interesting idea that kind of conflicts with our scientific understanding of the world, mm-hmm. we're in. We want to go and just uh, experience, join up, and and hear how you present those ideas. Yeah. And that's the content of our show. Yeah. And you didn't, but you didn't start because from uh, my brief Wikipedia research on you guys. And is, by the way, is it weird that you have a Wikipedia? That's yeah. totally uh, no, it's cool. Great. Is, yeah. it great? is it weird that I read your Wikipedia no, beforehand? No, no. Not at all. Okay, cool. Edit, uh, edit it. Add it. Add things to it. We're not allowed to, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that like a Wikipedia rule? Yeah. They're like you're, very strict mm-hmm. on that? Yeah, you're yep. not allowed really? to edit your own. But you you would be the best source of that. Mm, or worse. Yes and no. Do you want Trump to edit his own page? Yeah, you're not going to be objective, that's for <sighs> okay, sure. Yeah. Good they point. had That's why they had to ban like all the IP addresses that belong to Scientology, because they would try to go oh, and storm wow. all of the pages related to their stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Wait, did you add anything to their page? I didn't, but... Maybe I know what I'm doing this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you, but you guys grew up from your Wikipedia page. I gather you grew up Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, was it evangelical? But were you like apocalyptic doomsday type people too? I certainly was. I wouldn't call myself a doomsdayer. Uh-huh. I dabbled. <laughs> dabbled <in laughs> some doom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, dabble, so, dabble, doomsday. <laughs> Ross was like formally brought up evangelical by his parents. Okay. I went to church camp when I was 13. Uh-huh. And so I was the only religious person in my family from there on. Oh, but I okay. was the really religious one because I was the convert. Right. right. Oh, so you got like saved? Was it like a mm-hmm. technical saving? Uh, yes, like yes. A... It's very technical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, my dad was an unbeliever. My mom was that just sort of like, 
lukewarm Christian that a lot of Americans sure. are. The she's one like, yeah, sure, that, that Jesus good. would spit out of their mouth. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, she was like, this is good. Like, you won't do drugs. Yay, cool. sounds good. Yeah. Um, Were you getting on their nerves at all with your proselytizing? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I... Uh, they mostly didn't like that I was always stopping them from swearing. That's what really annoyed them because <laughs> mm-hmm. I hated it when they swore. It made me cry. Wow. And they really hated that. If they could hear you now. <laughs> no, right? Now my stepdad doesn't <laughs> like listening to the show because of all the swear words. <laughs> That's so funny. And, yeah. and, and you, Ross, you said so your, your parents were like deliberately raising you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was very much raised an evangelical Christian. It was interesting just this past weekend. Uh, yesterday, actually, we drove up to Santa Cruz and we were uh, there for a memorial for my my wife's aunt. And it was at the church where I was raised. And I hadn't been oh, wow. there since I was a teenager. And it was just it was so weird to be back in that environment. But it was an Assemblies of God church. OK, if you're familiar with them. Quasi familiar. OK, I, I know they're intense. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're almost towards the holy roller end of the spectrum. Definitely like speaking in tongues. OK. Uh, and and I was raised in kind of a variety of churches. I wouldn't have labeled myself by any particular denomination. Mm-hmm. I had spent time with Methodists and Baptists and a lot of other groups, Christian and Missionary Alliance, uh, other groups in between. Uh, but uh, yeah, I came out of high school, which was, I think, technically a Baptist high school, believing in literal six-day creationism and definitely believing that Jesus was coming back any day now. Wow. Which, yeah, I wouldn't have gone that far. I believed in evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I waffled a little bit. Like, there were times where I was like, okay, you know, this teacher says no, I'll listen to that. But, you know, I had a pretty, like, scientific understanding of the world. Sure. And I went to a Presbyterian church, which oh, cool. I think is your background, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're a little more, you know, on the main line. Definitely. Liturgical yeah. side. Yeah, we're, at least, well, there are, there's a more conservative branch of Presbyterians. That's the, the PCA, Presbyterian Church of America. Right. And then we're and the PCUSA, PCUSA right. which is like, yeah, women. <laughs> ministers right maybe a, not a super literal interpretation of the bible right. all the time scientist type people and doctors are there those are right. my peeps in fact when i stopped believing back in 2004 i was a member of a presbyterian church mm-hmm. and i'm actually still there like i'm still a member i help oh, cool. them with the website and their podcast oh right. how and, cool and uh yeah we you know we all just hang out we're still friends and i'm just kind of the village non-believer <laughs> and that's cool yeah that's and great. tech guy and tech guy, right. <laughs> I wish more churches would have like room for people like that. So it's like refreshing to hear when there is that. Because I've had, I've talked to one pastor before, he's an Episcop- retired Episcopalian minister, uh, Ed Bacon over at All Saints in Pasadena. And he was telling, like, it blew my mind that he's like, yeah, we have Buddhists, like <laughs> Jewish people, I atheists. I love that. I'm like, that's so that's cool. Yeah. It's a total mutual admiration society. And some really good things come out of it sometimes. Like, I got to give a talk there on why Christians should accept evolution and reject intelligent design mm. as kind of bad theology and bad science. Yeah. And uh, it went over really well. Wait, when did you start transitioning into that mindset from like high school use? Like, oh yeah, for sure, six days. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, we had our Bob Jones University textbooks uh-huh. in, in high school. Uh, so I was learning how to, you know, uh, present examples of bad carbon dating and you know, what about polystrate fossils? And, you know, I'd, I'd have those little arguments going into college <laughs> where I was president of my um, uh, Bible study group there, living in God's hands today, light. Uh, <laughs> so uh, pretty clever, right? You have to have a good acronym. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. come up with that, but I, uh, I was very proud of it. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, I was there. I was studying animation. So I wasn't really taking like a bevy of science classes, mm-hmm. but I did take two while I was there. And that one teacher who I had for both my science classes, he handed out this flyer for the Skeptic Society lectures over in Pasadena. 
And I was just interested in the topics. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, this is long before our podcast, but I think I had that same attitude, which is like, oh, these people like disagree with me or they have interesting new ideas. I want to hear about it. And so I went and it took me like a year and a half of reading like almost every book they released and going to almost every single lecture. Mm -hmm. And eventually that's how it got to me over time that I started to question. Mm, the sowing the seeds of doubt. Indeed. <laughs> they, it worked on me. And then what about you? Well, so for me, I mean, there are so many ways to tell the story and all the tellings would be true, right? But you can tell it like 14 different ways. But um, I think the main thing that changed my mind was that I was dating this guy for four years who had grown up in this tiny insular group. He would call it a cult. Um, and that, um, that taught like this very strict interpretation of the Bible. And he believed that men should be dominant over women. Mm -hmm. And he was never domineering over me at all. But as we started to talk about getting married, he was like, okay, I'm supposed to take this leadership role. And if we get married, I should make all the decisions. And I was like, but that's not you. Like, <laughs> yeah. how are you going to do that? Like... I'm just as smart as you. We make all our decisions together. Yeah. Why would we do this? Neither you know? one of us wants you. Yeah, to. Not, this is this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good for us. And uh, and he's like, no, this is what my parents taught me. This is what it says in the Bible. And I was like, show me, show me that in the Bible. And he gets out the Bible and he, and he shows me. And I did the sort of liberal tap dance around it. I was like, well, uh -huh. you know, maybe this is this is the historical excuse for it. You know, uh, maybe mm -hmm. Paul was saying this and this is what was going on in that town at the time. And that's why. And, and I was, I don't know. I kind of got that like bird's eye view of myself and realized like, you're making excuses. Like mm, if wow. God, if God knew that you were going to be having this conversation in 2005, he would have made this clearer. Like there's no way he would have made this so obscure and impossible to understand. Yeah. And I just realized like he's being more honest about this than I am. And so I, I turned to him and I said, okay, I guess I think the Bible's wrong about this. Whoa. Wow. That's a big moment. Yeah. And, and, and he, he just kind of fell silent and he's like, okay, well that's a problem. Hmm. And, I mean, we stayed together a little bit after that, but it eventually broke us up. And um, then I started to doubt. And then I read Richard Dawkins' The God Delusion. And mm. well, that was it. <laughs> Game over. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. I haven't read that one, but I mean, yeah. I know he's one of the four horsemen of the, the right. atheist apocalypse. I mean, I must say, not a big fan of him as a person, mm -hmm. but that, that particular book, great points. Yeah, he's a little too, uh, what is it? Uh, confrontational for my taste uh -huh. i mean but i also come from a very non-confrontational mm. like oh everybody like kind of too passive aggressive background so i'm more uh -huh. of like the <laughs> that, that's not necessarily a valid criticism of anybody coming from me sure fair if enough. you're gonna um, read dawkins i just recommend his books on evolution because he explains it better than you know nobody yeah. else yeah, yeah. oh yeah for sure and the greatest show on earth is a really good book yeah and mm. it, I, I want to recommend the ancestors tale, but it's also like an 800 page tome. So <laughs> yeah. it took me forever, but like, uh, well, actually the selfish gene, that's a faster way to kind of just get into it. Mm -hmm. So I read that one, then the ancestors tale. And then it, all of a sudden I got it like, wow. Okay. I get evolution. That really kind of accelerated my path out of faith and meeting openly gay people. Like I'd never done that before. Uh, yeah. Was raised in a very, uh, homophobic society or, you know, uh, environment. Culture, culture environment yeah, yeah. right yeah 
And uh, so I think both of those were kind of the biggest things for me. I wasn't comfortable feeling uncomfortable about my gay friends. Yeah, it's so amazing what happens. I mean, I was lucky that we had, we only had one lesbian couple in my church growing up, but it was, I knew about them and it was kind of a don't ask, don't tell thing. Mm. So that was unfortunate. Okay. But I was in a like community theater when I knew like plenty of gay oh, people. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's where you find them. <laughs> as many as you're going to find in small town North Carolina. That's, oh, that's right. where you'll find them. And so that was always, I was in the immediate being like, oh yeah, gay people are fucking great. They're yeah, like yeah. some of my best friends. It doesn't make any sense why people would like fear them. It's just, you only fear them if you don't know them. Yeah. Of course. Um, and then one thing too, you said earlier that, that, uh, got me thinking was that I heard, uh, it was interesting cause I, I think for me, it was definitely when I started studying the Bible in college, uh, from professor Bart Ehrman, who's, oh, wow. he is. yeah, yeah. Uh, I started taking his, uh, studying like the old Testament under him and then the new Testament later. Uh, that's when I started realizing th- through him is like, Oh, I've only just believed the stories of the Bible by default. Like I didn't like. It wasn't, uh, and I kind of got that bird's eye view a little bit. Also, I will say smoking weed for the first time sort of like did that, and which is like a stereotypical thing, I guess. Oh, sure. Fine. But I think that was also a, a way that you can like, I shifted out of my consciousness and saw my, saw myself from a more bird's eye view. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like my beliefs are so fungible, but I think there's too something else you said where, um, you kind of just realize like it just sort of came out of you that you didn't, I guess I don't believe that part of the Bible and. I wish I could remember who I was hearing this from, but they're just pointing out how whether you believe or not believe something, you can't really force. You just almost realize after the fact, oh, right, I, yeah. I believe this. Yeah, that's why yeah. I think Pascal's wager just falls flat. Oh, totally. Yes. You, you can't, like, you know, will yourself to believe something. Either right. you do or you don't. Right, right, right. You can do all the affirmations you want in the morning, waking up and, like, I will... Uh, go to heaven but yeah, um, yeah well taking you know. a course from Bart Ehrman I imagine you, you can't escape that with a literalist understanding of the Bible oh no no and it's I mean and he was pretty he's he's pretty good at staying even handed because he's married to a Christian and he's like oh she's like way smarter than me so it's not even about an intellectual superiority oh uh, yeah mm-hmm. um, but he's like but if you believe this thing these things about the Bible or who wrote what that's that's fine you can believe whatever you want to believe but here is the best evidence that scholars have and that's really all I can teach you mm-hmm. um, so yeah so so you you that's when you sort of was like I don't believe that part of the Bible that's sort of when it started crumbling for you yeah that was the beginning anyway yeah, yeah. and then um, what's when your podcast started? 2011. 2011. So we've been doing it for almost six years now. No, almost exactly. Like to this day. Oh, yeah. Six oh, years. my God. That's what the heck? Right. Wait, what's the date today? Uh, oh, I think Mar- we're like a week short because I think yeah, it was yeah. like March 11th 11. or something. Yeah. But yeah, six oh, years. Oh, cool. Well, congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you met at the Skeptic Society, right? The uh, Center for Inquiry. Center. Yeah. Center for Inquiry, right. which is down the road. Uh-huh. Similar kind of organization. And, they, that's, and that is Richard Dawkins sort of affiliated. Type. Now it is. Now wasn't it is. Then. Oh, it wasn't back then. Yeah. They just recently kind of merged with the Richard Dawkins Foundation. But uh, yeah, they, they had a presence in New York. And I'd been listening to their podcast at the time, mm-hmm. uh, Point of Inquiry. Point of Inquiry, yeah. And uh, in one of the episodes, the host mentioned the Center for Inquiry Los Angeles. I was like, wait a second, what? There's one of these in LA? Yeah. So I went down there and really kind of found a home because there were just so many social mm-hmm. events going on. We kind of met each other through the lecture series in the book club. Yeah. And then at the book club, we were the only people under like, 50, 40, or 30. <laughs> and, uh, and so we, we bonded, I mean, probably default over that, but also over, um, 
both laughing at Simpsons jokes. Mm -hmm. Even though neither of us is like a really big Simpsons nerd, just mm -hmm. this happened to happen one time. Uh -huh. Like Ross had just worked on the Simpsons movie and was making some Simpsons jokes. We were both laughing at them and no one got them. And, uh, <laughs> and so we became friends. And then I found an ad for an event at the Kabbalah Center mm. in West Hollywood. And so I, I came to the book club and was like, hey guys, I'm gonna go to this Kabbalah Center lecture. Doesn't that sound wild? Everyone come with me. And no one wanted to go <laughs> except Ross. Ross oh, was like, uh, yeah, of course. That sounds great. And, <laughs> yeah. and we were both blown away. Like, why does no one wanna go to this? Like, this sounds like the best evening possible. So, okay, fine. So Ross and I go, we come back. And everyone's like, tell us all about yeah, it. Yeah, what happened? Then what did he say? And, and I'm like, wait a second. You didn't want to go with us, but you want to hear you us? You want to hear all about talk it? Talk about it? And it ended up being like half an hour Boom. of us telling the story. And then, yeah, that's when the light bulb went off. Uh. Like, oh, wait, is this a service we can provide? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'd yeah. been listening to, I don't know, I was listening to like 20 podcasts at the time, mm -hmm. but thinking, I'd love to partake in this, but I don't have anything to fresh. Say. Yeah, everyone's talking about this. Yeah. And I think we found something new in kind of this experiential mode, talking about our own personal adventures. And, and then we also tried to bring to it just being nice, you know, like finding things that we actually genuinely liked about the people and the yeah. things that we heard. Yeah. What, what did you find uh, with Kabbalah, by the way? I know it's Jewish mysticism mm -hmm. and Madonna's into it. That's right. really that's, all I know. Yep. That's most people probably what they know. That's, that's <laughs> a good bullet point. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the Kabbalah Center, it's a very... Uh, you know, a consumer friendly version of that mm -hmm. where sure. they kind of, yeah, yeah. they packaged it up and put a nice uh -huh. uh, label and design a on a it. Nice red C string on it. <laughs> yeah. Cause right. you can't just like show up to an event. You have to like take a class or something, right? No, or I mean, there is a seminar. You do have to sign up for the, uh, the public events, but yeah, they're public and free. Okay. okay. Um, and they are trying to bring people in, which is very much unlike Judaism generally, which <laughs> right. isn't uh, proselytizing. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, I mean, they have some pretty wacky kind of new agey beliefs. Like they told a lot us, of astrology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of astrology, a lot of numerology told mm -hmm. us the sun is green, just would sort of randomly <laughs> throw out these like really fringe sciencey assertions that we were like, well, that's just not uh, excuse me, sir. That's not true. <laughs> uh, um, wait, can, can I ask you? Have you studied astrology at all, either one of you? Oh, yeah. a bit. Is yeah. there is there anything to it? Because it it really infuriates me sometimes. I feel like it's all like just complete like. Quick answer is yeah, no, not yeah. At all. Short answer, no, yes. sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. Uh, I remember. I think it was in uh, shoot Mac Malcolm Gladwell's book, maybe or Freakonomics, uh, something like that. But. Uh, it, like it was talking about how like certain hockey players born at certain times of the year, like, you know, tend to be better players. And we, they were trying to figure out, okay, what's up with that? And it turns out because of how the school system works, you yeah. know, they were at the right age to make that cut and they happen to be the biggest kids in their class. And so they just started off the oldest kids. The oldest with kids. An, an advantage yeah. there. Yeah. So, okay. That makes sense. It has nothing to do with uh, <laughs> the motion of the stars. Right. Yeah. I just feel like there's a, I'm from North Carolina very few and far between are people who are into astrology at all. It's you usually, you know, have so much religion that that's your yeah. astrology. But then out here, I remember when I started, like first moved out here, started like meeting people in OkCupid and stuff. Like every other woman <laughs> was like really into their astrological sign. Sure. And then I remember there's one, one of my worst dates in particular. Uh, one element of that was she would like rant on and on about uh, anti-religion and like you know what that's fine whatever but then she was like really pro-astrology i'm like well hold, hold on uh -huh. hold on now you don't get to be haughty about that 
Right. And then also, and then also want me to pay for your mac and cheese too. On top of all that. <laughs> you can't do all that. That, that is a good screener though. Like seeing people who are really gung ho about astrological science can swipe. I don't know. Which way do you swipe to get rid of somebody? Uh, I think it's I think left, left is no is, thank you, sir. Yeah. I, I okay. Can, yeah. You swipe left. I mean, I'm still on them, but I, I can't even tell you. Although, <laughs> I mean, I'm of the mind that like, as long as people are using these things as metaphors, as long as they see it as like, this is sort of a fun way for me to look at the yeah. world. I'm, yeah. I'm cool with it. But yeah. My yeah. my wife would read up on astrology, I think, just to get reactions out of me. So she'd be <laughs> telling me stuff. She'd just read me like, uh-huh. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so there's like, would you say from 04, 05, whatever, and then there, there's this interim between that and then 2011 when you guys start your podcast. Was it like... Right, you're looking what what the hell's happening between these dates? <laughs> yeah, well, like, was it more of like a gradual thing or was there like one breaking point where like, that's it, I'm done, I'm out of here for good? So, yeah, I mean, for me, there was a there was a morning that I woke up. It was 2008 that I woke up and was like, oh, my God, am I an atheist? I was in Sherman Oaks (laughs) and and I had never really like thought of that word, Mm -hmm. the word atheist as something that applied to me. Hmm. Um, And so I, I had read The God Delusion. I had gone through that breakup. Um, I had dabbled in new agey stuff as I was coming off of sort of hardline Christianity and yeah, I don't know. I guess just the word entered my head and I was like, oh shit, is that what I am now? Oh my God. Like, <laughs> I don't re- want to be that. It reminds me of uh, Julia Sweeney's letting go of God. I don't know if you've oh, seen I, I haven't seen that. It's fantastic, but, uh, cause she's just so likable. You can't not love, uh, Julia Sweeney, but she's talking about like revealing to her mom that she doesn't believe anymore. And her mom said, oh, well, okay, not was, believing in God, fine. That's fine, but an atheist. An atheist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same kind of thing. And I, what I remember most vividly from that day is I was, I was in this townhouse that was like all the walls and floors were wooden. And I remember walking around and literally like touching the stuff, like feeling it and being like, like this is all just like, this sounds real cheesy, but like feeling like, this is all so wooden. Like, this is all here. This is all just material. Like, mm, just this will atoms. decompose. Yeah, like, there was just this very, like, here and now like, feeling. it is what it is. It's mm-hmm. nothing extra. This is it. Yeah. This is giving it, your man. table here the same treatment. Right, right. I'm now massaging the table here. Yeah. <laughs> and then what about you, Ross? Yeah, so uh, my conversion, deconversion, uh, which is always slower than a conversion, came earlier back in 2004, and uh, yeah, for me, I remember I did have this moment where I, there was this building tension, uh, cognitive dissonance building up in my head. And we had to travel up north to see family once. And my wife and I were driving in separate cars, she with our young son. And uh, so I just had essentially six hours by myself to really hash this out. And so I was kind of uh, having my last prayer with God saying, oh, wow. look, I really want you to be true, but I really want to believe in you. But I think you know I need more, and we're not supposed to ask for signs, but you got to give me something. You know that I need more than what I'm getting right now. Yeah. And so finally I said, well, I'm, I'm just going to – I'll always keep an open mind, and I'm always open if you have anything to say, but I need to try looking at the world this way. And I remember we had to stop – Not me, it's you. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, we had to stop at one point and get gas. And I remember I, I stepped out of the truck, and all of a sudden – like it was a similar uh, experience to what you had where like I looked up and all of a sudden I realized like, oh my goodness, it's just like atmosphere and then space and that's it. <laughs> and like, I felt like I was going to fall off of the planet. Like gravity had just reversed or something. Like I needed to hold on to something. And it was like a r- real physical sensation Wow. and uh, kind of messed with me in the moment. But, but then it was just liberating after that. Like, oh my goodness. And so 
um, tried that new filter on life and kind of never looked back. But then I had to go through the process of telling my family and I wanted to tell everybody like face to face. How did that go? Oh man. Uh, sometimes better, sometimes worse. (laughs) Sure. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I had to kind of like separate each family member apart and tell him or her, you know, uh, it was hardest with my, uh, uh, middle sister, mm. uh, sister four years older than me, uh, because she and I shared a lot with our faith and we were such similar people. Mm. And, and I'd say still, that's kind of the most, uh, fraught relationship there. But, uh, then, you know, telling my dad that was really tough. And there were still like, you know, like my grandma, I just didn't want her to find out. So I'd hope no one would tell her about it. You know, like, oh, she doesn't need to know that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a slow kind of coming out process, but I spent so much time again before, um, uh, we started the podcast. I was just reading everything I could about uh, non-belief and belief, and I still read a bunch mm-hmm. of apologetics works. Yeah, uh, as does Carrie, and um, just getting my hands on everything I could, listening to podcasts, watching countless uh, "Does God Exist?" debates. So I was just really just yeah. jamming my head packed full of all of these arguments <laughs> for and against. Yeah, you're taking me. Back. I remember that feeling in college is when I started my that was my deconversion time. And that, yeah, you're just getting your hands on every like, well, but maybe maybe this argument and the twist it in this way, and then like you're just grasping for anything that like will give you a reason to oh, yeah. come back into the and, fold. And so oh, for sure. so eager yeah. as well to have those discussions with other people. So I'd find believers around me, be like, oh, can we please do this? Like just hash yeah. these things out. And I remember as I was going through that kind of deconversion process before I'd made a decision, I was still the Bible study leader. And so all my Bible Ooh. studies were like, now they're all about these weird passages in the Bible that Ross <laughs> is really uncomfortable with. I'm like, guys, help me out. What do I do with this? Um, but yeah, I remember my uh, Presbyterian minister, he, uh, well, the church had offered me a deacon position and I'd like kind of turn them down like, oh, I don't know, I'm out of town a lot of weeks of the year. But then I had to go to the pastor then and said, okay, I need to be yeah. Yeah, clear with you. This is where I'm at mentally. And I think he kind of interpreted that sort of, as you were saying, like kind of wanting to come back into the fold. So he paired me up with a youth minister and mm-hmm. we'd go meet and have, uh, you know, breakfast together. And I don't think that was going the way they wanted it to. So, <laughs> so they were like, Ross, do you like podcasting? You can you run our podcast. Right. And we'll let you stay on. Yeah. I had, um, for me, I was like, I didn't have that many conversations. I was, uh, I was really involved in my Presbyterian campus ministry group. Uh, in college and especially my freshman year is where I like, met my girlfriend that we who dated like all freshman year and all that sophomore year was still really involved and then it was sometime in the middle of sophomore year early junior year I realized that's when I realized like I, I don't identify with this anymore even though this is where so many of my friends are I can't like keep showing up like I, I didn't know if I could show up and be an atheist or agnostic or something right. it felt dishonest I wish I had had that conversation with more people but like without making them feel like they needed to try to win me back or something right. too I feel like that would have been strange or strained or whatever so I just stopped going and I would maybe have these side conversations with people and it still is like it still was painful to me thinking back to like some good friends that I've had uh-huh. some like really great people that I still you know hold in high esteem and you're just they like just had to walk away from yeah and it still feels like it's, it still feels hard to connect with those people sometimes maybe harder than it should maybe it's like mm. mentally you feel like there's a greater distance than actually there needs to be well I think people who have never been believers like really can't appreciate that if you really believe in salvation, if you believe in hell and salvation, 
then <coughs> if you love your friends, you're going to try to save them. <laughs> right. Like yeah. you're not just going to sit there and that's be like, the "Well, thing to do." Yeah, you're going to hell, but that's okay. Let's sit here and talk about the TV. Like that's uh-huh. that would be an awful thing to do. Right. You're going to spend all your living breath trying to save your friends. Right. If you saw somebody, person. yeah, eating poison, you'd be like, "Put down the poison, man. Right. That's going to kill you." Yeah. 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 yeah that's honest. Can't. Yeah. You can't fault someone for that. Yeah. For me, I, I think it was really important. Like as I was leaving, to not. Uh, you know, dump out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. So I wanted to maintain those friendships and I even stayed at the church and I would still help usher and stuff. And I don't know, I never felt uncomfortable in that arena and I wanted to kind of maintain that. And, and that's what I really like about what we do at the podcast Mm -hmm. is it gives me an excuse to kind of go do these things that I would want to do anyway. A thousand percent. I mean, that's how I feel about mine too. It's kind of like a way to have like at least a one way sort of like beacon be like, Hey, I still like you guys. I'm not right. I'm not like you guys, but I like you guys. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I kind of had a, like a prototypical version. I haven't, I didn't even think about it till recently. Like when I was in my junior, senior year, we had an off-campus house. There was like six of us and like half of us were Lutheran, half of us were Presbyterian. And me and another uh, Lutheran friend of mine, we started having these like campfire, smoke weed, and then watch a TED talk about spirituality type things. And we we had like our own like 420 (laughs) Bible study, super, (laughs) super college fucking like, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't like that profound anything we were talking about, but it felt so important. I don't know what college you went to that you think that's super college. You're like, you know, when you go to college. And like you and your Lutheran, Lutheran friends listen to TED Talks, you know, just like typical college. Well, maybe typical college and like the pretension is like so yeah, pretend, okay. like to, to the idea to like host that. Okay. And get this, we call it, you know what we call ourselves? John 832. Do you know that verse? Wait. Uh-uh, I don't. John 8. Wait, that's when, um, let's see, that's uh, the, uh, I want to say the adulterous uh well, we didn't get to that part. <laughs> Jesus, okay. There's well, there's one specific. I'm thinking verse. of what happened. I, you might in John be. 8. That might be what actually happens. All okay. I know is verse 32. Okay, which what's is, that? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Oh, okay. Hey, nice. So we're like, so we're not part of the church anymore. Yeah, man. But we but do we like planet truth. Earth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, um, but there was still, you know, I still like being able to. I don't know. That was the first precursor of like, hey, you guys are cool. Let's also think outside the box a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Um, and now they probably just think I'm really fucking annoying <laughs> by all of that. Um, and so, so yeah, so your family probably, they were probably like, oh, cool. She doesn't like talk about this anymore. Yes and no. So my dad was an unbeliever, but like didn't really talk about it either way. I remember I, I wanted to be a pastor growing up and he was like, that's cool. Like, so, you know, he... Yeah, he didn't care about my conversion or deconversion really either way. Mm-hmm. Um, he did at one point. I said, uh, "Oh, I think I'm an atheist now," and he said, "Oh, thank God." But <laughs> I mean, I think he's mostly <laughs> kidding. Um, my my mom, I, th- I think, has always about everything taken the sort of as long as you're happy approach. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think she really feels strongly uh-huh. one way or the other. You should have tested that and told her you were a Scientologist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like, well, about the happiness thing. <laughs> um, you do seem very happy. Yeah, <laughs> you've got like a real glazed over look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and so you you got married. Now was that mm-hmm. a source of uh, tension with your family? Of like, boy, it really could have been, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, my wife and I are. Uh, Let's see, 16 years married. We got married when I was 18 and she was 19. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, so definitely all of our kind of immediate family were Christian. 
And so uh, it was, you know, kind of a big deal when Ross left the fold, mm. but it wasn't very long afterward. It was really just a couple months when my wife decided, you know what? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't believe either. How interesting. You yeah. both kind of left at the, the so, same time. Yeah. And I had always been like a little concerned that she wasn't more religious and, and then this really <laughs> played in my favor. And so we ended up kind of in these mirror opposite positions where I became really gung ho and involved in skepticism and, yeah. you know. Uh, atheism and she you know didn't believe but didn't really want to make a big stink about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and so then our son was very young at this point and so we went for me christian parents and i had kind of reevaluate my whole parenting strategy i remember like there was this popular christian song you're like i want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me and i had to like kind of put all that aside and be like okay wait now what's my parenting r- model yeah right. yeah huh. meanwhile andrew's just like <laughs> smearing poop on the wall yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so he uh yeah he only remembers kind of me as being a non-believer mm. a really mm. weird one who still goes to church right cool. so let me just check the time real quick uh okay we're doing good um, so I'm curious now that you're both, you know, skeptics as and that's, is that, is that like an official title? Yeah. A term um, I use, but not. Yeah. Her. That's funny. Yeah. I, I always like shun the word skeptic, but people always attri- like give it to me <laughs> <laughs> because I think technically it's accurate, but, yeah, but also know, there's this s- I, movement. Yeah. It, if you wrote the definition of the word skeptic, I'm sure I'd fit it. So mm-hmm. at some point I'll have to get over it, but that day has not come. Wait, what's, what's your aversion to it? Um, so it's a couple things. One is that like, there's a movement attached to it that I don't care for. (laughs) But another is like, to me, it's like defining it by the negative. It sounds a lot like cynic. It's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, defining it by what you don't believe instead of what you do that. I just like, don't feel like it's the perfect word for where I stand. Kind of always having your arms folded, be like, oh yeah. Yeah. That's like the skeptic I picture in my mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so do you have any, I mean... And then everyone's like, well, then what are you? Right. Which is what you're about to do. I was. And then I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. I was was about to preface it with I'm a typical L.A. fucking liberal who's like, I hate labels. Right, sure. So whatever you call yourself, I agree. It sucks. Right. Now I'm going to be Tommy Lauren on The Daily Show when she was like, I'm a millennial. I hate labels. Yeah. And then Trevor Noah's like, you just called yourself a millennial. (laughs) That's very true. What what do you think is... uh, Ross then since you're the skeptic sure in the room <laughs> I mean what do you think is like the most uh is there like I mean what's the most important aspect of being a skeptic is it a a constant like refute like pursuit of the truth yeah I mean it's a it's a and, and the reason I like the term is because it's about an approach rather than a position sure yeah. uh but of course people co-opt it and say oh well, I'm you know I I think that speaks to the strength of the term that like you know if you hear a psychic one of the first things they'll say is like oh I was a skeptic too you know they want that kind of credibility <laughs> of like oh I'm also a critical thinker right, uh, right but but yeah I think the idea is just that you remain open to evidence it's it's really just talking about a high standard of evidence and so I'd say uh, I'm willing to kind of reevaluate any position given enough evidence uh, but of course, there are certain things in your life that you just have to take as a given because we can't constantly be up in the air about everything. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's those things that you kind of you you sock away in the 99.9 percent, you know, likely to be true category, mm-hmm. and then you focus on the things that are more borderline. Uh, but of course, if anyone comes in with evidence sufficient to make you reevaluate mm-hmm. any of those deeply held assumptions, then sure, why not? Is there something? Is there an episode or uh, something you've studied in your podcast that? you were very skeptical of, or I guess you're skeptical of a lot of them going in that you were like, Oh, you know what? I think there is something to that. Yeah. So the two that uh, always come to mind for me are, um, hypnotherapy 
Really? It's not going to cure you of cancer, but it, it, were, it was more effective than I ever expected it to be. Like as a, as just like a therapy for things like anxiety or just like dealing with your everyday therapy. Self-moderation. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, and laughter yoga. Laughter yoga. <laughs> yeah, I really? was like, this is going to be insane and silly. And laughter yoga makes you feel so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's the yoga of laughter? Um, okay, so I thought you actually do yoga while you, you brought laugh. like yoga mats. That's, with that's us. not true. Um, yeah, basically, you go in a room and people force themselves to fake laugh until the laughter becomes real, and you oh, do that for like hours. Wow! And uh, sometimes until it hurts so much that people will like pair off and leave and come back because like they're in physical pain. Oh my god! But um, it's it's so fun and. I, every now and then, we, every now and then, we'll even like join in on a phone version of this because they have them like they have all them throughout for like the day, minutes. and we'll invite our listeners to come join us. And so you'll oh go from a, a little, you know, laugh chat room that would normally have like three people, and all of a sudden there's like thirty people there. They're like, "What's going on?" Yeah. <laughs> a, la- a laugh chat. Literally, everybody's just laughing. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You call in. <laughs> there's and like you a laugh. leader, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, you, there's the leader, and they're doing something like. And they have very good, very good, good. yay! (laughs) Yeah, they have these little like sayings they've memorized, and they they usually have like six or eight people. But like our our podcast will bring in like maybe forty people at a time. So when we do bring in people, they're always like, "What? What?" Well, the laughter is even better because got that element of surprise. Yeah, another one that I add to that list, uh, and and I would agree with the hypnotherapy one as well. I would say that. It was because you have like an accountability partner, essentially, and all these tools mm-hmm. to kind of remind yourself constantly of what you're trying to accomplish. Mm. Uh, but again, you know, it's not going to regrow a limb or anything right. like that. <laughs> um, another one that really surprised me was the speed reading course we took mm-hmm. because... Yeah, uh, it worked a little better for you, I think, than me. Yeah. But, but, was a, but again, it was as a you. motivator. Now, I didn't end up being able to like, you know, read... Um, 900 words per minute or like just flip through pages that doesn't work right right unless you have like really special brain wiring that Mm -hmm. most people don't um but i came away from that class with a lot of practical reading strategies and kind of a inspiration that like you know what i really can read more if i try to read like half an hour a day or something like that yeah and i found the more i read the more happy i am in life so i went from reading like 16 to 18 books on a good year to reading like over 30 books each year. Wow. So yeah, I had a real improvement on my life personally. That's an increase of 100% as they would say. <laughs> yeah. In, like the, the seminar. I read, I read like a couple of the like speed reading, what do you call it? Like, like a PDF, like ebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was kind of skeptical going in that I could significantly improve it. But there, even just the strategies of being like, well, thinking about like, why am I reading something before I read it? Cause mm-hmm. I'm a big nonfiction type reader. I, I'm more of like a self-helpy type reader when I do oh, okay. read. I don't read a lot of fiction. So and that's, it wouldn't help me for reading fiction cause I want to actually you know, delve into the language and everything. This is one of the things. I think this is part of why it didn't work for me is Mm. like as a writer, I was like, I I don't want to speed read this. Like I want to absorb like why the writer chose these words. Why did you say that and not that? Same for (laughs) me. And again, I'll I'll say I don't actually read any faster than I did. Or if so, it's marginal. But Mm -hmm. I kind of learned at least, there were certain other techniques within it, like read in 45 minute chunks or no more than that because that's just how much attention span you can really Mm. have realistically Mm -hmm. and then what i'll do is this was another great strategy i'll read like maybe six pages in a row of a new book and i'll use the stopwatch on my the timer on my um 
uh, phone to, to see how, like what my lap is for each book, like yeah, or each yeah. page, how long does it take me? And then I can do the math. Like, okay, this is how many hours it'll take me to finish the book. If I read for 45 minutes, I should get this far. Mm-hmm. And just having that in mind really helps me be organized. So it's more like it. reading efficiency. For exactly. Yeah. It was really reading mm-hmm. efficiency would totally be a better term for it. Yeah. And I became like super aware of like how often I will reread stuff. Like I'll just yes. start thinking of something else in my life while I'm reading and mm-hmm. then realize like, Oh fuck, I got to read that paragraph again and again. Right. Yeah. Right. But yep. I was, like, I was doing that all the time but i didn't but those are things that just like wakes you up right yes a little bit and and i think i think these techniques kind of help get me out of that death spiral because i would do that too i feel like we should also mention like in case anyone's like why are they doing speed reading i thought their (laughs) podcast is about religions um we do so we investigate uh Fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. So it's right. anything where anyone's making a sort of extraordinary claim. Mm-hmm. So that might be spirituality, but it also could be these sort of like claims that are outside the norm on... Um, like Earth uh, is flat type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theoretically. Earth is flat. You, yeah, could, yeah. you can read a book in 20 minutes, etc. Wait, have yeah. you done Earth is flat? Um, Not yet. No. So the well, then f- how do we know? <laughs> we don't. Exactly. Yeah, you until, just got to wait. Until Ross and I do a podcast, the world does not know. <laughs> no definitive answer. <laughs> um, no, the flat earthers are on our list, but like the actually the most prominent flat earthers are in the UK mm-hmm. and uh, there used to be a flat earth society in the US and it was near us. It was in Lancaster, but it was basically this one guy in his basement and he's gone. So we have to find yeah. a group to meet up Though with. Oddly, they fell off the bottom of our list and appeared back at the top. <laughs> well, do you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, like Kyrie Irving, back. right? Oh, you know, the basketball you player? Uh, oh, the ba- just like a week or two ago, there's a big NBA player, Kyrie Irving. Yes. Oh, did he, he say he's, yeah. he's yeah. Like, cool? And like at first and people. B.O.B., the rapper. Yep. Oh, I, I didn't even know about that. He released like a, a music video about how the earth is flat. It's and fascinating because like with Kyrie, you're like, you're watching the video and you're thinking, oh, he's just like being silly. He's trolling us. Right. And then he's like, you just see the look in his eye. You're like, oh, oh no. he's for real. <laughs> he really means this. Well, haven't you taken a plane flight, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Or watched a ship come over the horizon. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. So weird. So we're about at that time where, did I tell you the, the gimmick of this show? I always, I don't know if I remember. No, no. The make I up know. a religion. I know. Because I've fucking listened. Oh, Good for you. shit. Uh, this is, this is the, I'll explain for Ross then. Uh, this is, we just make up a religion. I have like a little bullet points thing. Oh, let's do through. it. This is a religion that you would just, you could either want to exist, be a part of, be a leader of it. That, you know, it can be Ooh, okay. whatever, whatever, whatever you want. It's choose your own religion. Not okay. choose fucking my religion. Um, so in this made up religion, well, uh, so do we have to pick the same religion or can we each have a religion? Hmm. How do you guys want to do? You want to negotiate for, yeah, one? I think we have to agree upon a religion. We have to agree upon. Yeah, okay. Sorry. We're going to have to lead a religion together. Okay. Yeah. This will be, this will be good. We'll get okay. some good, healthy, de- skeptical debate okay. on, uh, on this. <laughs> uh, so in this, this religion, what kind of God structure would you like? Whether it's monotheism, polytheism, or like a more Buddhist thing where there's no, there's no deity really specifically. Mm. I want animals to rule. <laughs> I don't want a, like a human centric deity. Okay, here's here's a proposed uh, compromise because yeah, uh-huh. I I wanted something non personal. Uh huh. Okay. So so maybe uh, this god is kind of an ethereal um, presence that doesn't really have a personality, but it's symbolized by various animals. It's in its aspects. Can, okay, but can it look like a pig? Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, I'm good with that. Pig God. Cool. Pig God. Right on. What's the, what's like the overarching message or like the main like ethos or what's like the, 
the two the too long didn't read version right be curious okay and be good to others can can we blend that together be curious be good to others be curiously good to others be curious yeah, oh i like it i'll, I'll sign on to that um, be curious. and don't why litter. are you so good to others be curious be good to others don't litter oh please yes yeah. do not litter yeah that should be the only like punishable offense mm-hmm. <laughs> and be good to the pig and don't text and drive <laughs> and don't text and drive yeah cool well that, get, that goes good those are the, next... the four pillars of whatever we name this <laughs> i was gonna say because that the, I, you do the next section is rules sins is there a concept of sin oh uh, well okay yeah i can we make it a vegetarian religion oh, are you on board now sure oh okay good yeah we have a vegetarian religion <laughs> nice cool. cool ross is a pretty new vegetarian yes yep mm-hmm. oh really i'm a long-standing vegetarian oh really what yep. made you want to switch uh, funny enough, uh, Seventh-day Adventist lectures. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, previous to that, I was I was completely sold on the ethical arguments and the environmental sure. arguments. It's really hard to avoid the ethical ones. Yeah. yeah. And so so I was making efforts to reduce my meat intake considerably, um, but uh, really like just kind of defining myself as a vegetarian made it a lot easier. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but that's only a month old. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that said, I don't think we'll send anyone to hell for eating a sandwich. No. Just like. Yeah, I I don't know if we can really be cops on this. Yeah. <laughs> How about well, but but our god is a pig. She's gonna be pretty pissed. <laughs> I mean, I I think what we'll do is we'll really emphasize that people use the legal structure to you know like make sure things get taken care of in the here and now. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. So you go to you go to prison. Right. So okay. there's no hell, just prison. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, thousand yeah, dollar fine for littering. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. What about sex? We have uh, premarital sex. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Yeah. I don't care about anything no, else. Why, why, why do we care about that? <laughs> uh, are there Neither any... does our pig god. In fact, uh, <laughs> we recommend that you. We recommend you have premarital sex. It's a, it is a sin not to have premarital sex. <laughs> it's a sin to get married without having sex. Practically, let's be real. You're going to get married and not know what you're going to get to, and it's going to be a mess. Like when you go in for premarital counseling, and the pastor's like, "Well, right. well have you had sex? Yeah. Yes. So, exactly. That doesn't need to if happen. not, do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Should I leave? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that your kink? That's fine if it is. But uh, um, so, is there uh, in this religion, this pig god, vegetarian religion? Uh, mm-hmm. Is there any? <laughs> I don't know why you're so skeptical. I'm on board. Uh, are there any holy texts? Whether it's a mm. book, a pamphlet, oh wow, a DVD, a handout blog hmm. we, we like mary roach a lot yeah maybe we give like a recommended reading list yeah <laughs> <laughs> what would be on that well we like a spook a lot yeah it's one of our shared favorite books yeah mary roach maybe some uh john ronson mm, mm-hmm. i might throw in like a sam harris book or something okay. ah, sam harris uh, finally a name i recognize oh, yeah, i was okay. feeling so illiterate <laughs> for a couple of names there oh. i haven't read waking up yet did you, oh, you really yeah. liked waking oh yeah up? that's right. great okay. it's, it's great right yeah. on Wait, do you, um, he talks, he meditates a lot. He talks about it a lot. Do you yes. guys meditate? Yeah, I do a bit. Yeah. 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 Not, not regularly, but yes, okay. you know, I've used like meditation apps and it, it's something like, again, I feel I, I get the arguments and I agree with them, uh, but I just don't really incorporate it into my life that uh, much. Sure. Actually, um, I keep waiting for us to hit like the, uh, like Buddhism or Buddhism adjacent religions hasn't really come up in our podcast much mm-hmm. yet. And I keep thinking like, Oh, that's going to be so boring because I'll probably just be like, this was great. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. every time that I've done those things, I've just been like, this is great. But, mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, so let's see. Mary Roach's spook. We'll we'll write some supplemental material of our own too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. Well, you know. Yes. Let's write we, some we'll, books that we'll, make everyone buy them. You know we'll what? Be the Elron Hubbards of our religion. <laughs> yes. And you know what? I I think we'll have regular book clubs be a part of the religion because oh, that's how we met. Yes. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I co-lead a book club here in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Great. This is important. <laughs> Perfect. We're, we're both big readers. Well, then uh, I guess that sort of answers. But if you don't agree oh. with what's in the books, it's fine. Okay. So that that answers the next question a little bit. So there, what kind of regular or gathering whether it's weekly monthly yearly whether it's a worship or a get-together you said there's a book club Ooh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah well there'd be social events definitely a lot of community service mm-hmm. that'd mm-hmm. be important so mm-hmm. volunteer meetups yeah the street cleaning that kind of stuff uh, clean the clean the bay mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh yeah oh d- dog birthday parties <laughs> um wait have you do people attend those out here excuse me um, <laughs> she just had me? one. Wow. Um, <laughs> the look I just got. <laughs> My dog just turned 10. That was actually um, a high capital offense in our I think, religion. Uh, I think that is the highest I've ever offended <laughs> anyone on this podcast. <laughs> My dog just turned 10, and she had three of her little do- four legged friends over. Aww. So 12 legs. And uh, 10 of, or no, 14, I think, of her human friends. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, people come. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to throw on bowling parties. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and bowling parties. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there music involved in any way? Huh. Mm, yeah. I the like the Lion King soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We both like Disney music Wait, a lot. Broadway or uh, oh, motion picture. I was thinking motion picture, mm, but was, you know, yeah. I'll allow, I'll allow it. But then you're yeah. leaving out. Uh, he lives in you. If you don't include the Broadway. Yeah. No, that's okay. Broadway can come in. Uh, no? You don't no, like that song? No? Not a lot. Oh, I love that song. Oh, really? <laughs> I love, he lives in you. I love yeah. that song. I could, <laughs> it's a great song. Um, I also like though, uh, the singing bowls at the Integratron. Oh yeah. yeah. I like, yeah. Like I love, love a singing bowl. I love a drum circle. I love all that. Oh, I, thing. I love a drum circle. Yeah. I was one thing where when I was in, uh, I would go to like middle school Presbyterian, like youth conferences. And there was like a, it was a big dance, which if you were like me, you were like, just, there's like t- so many awkward, like white kids who were just like, I don't, I don't want to dance, especially with, <laughs> with a girl or with anybody. But then they had like all these buckets set up outside a little bit for all this, like, you know, these this crazy boys just like, and girls too, but we, it was mostly boys <laughs> who were just drumming the shit out of these buckets and it was, but it was like so primal and like oh, awesome, yeah. like a, I don't know, a, a drum circle. There's something about it where you're just like in sync with like yeah. you know a couple dozen people, and sure. you can mm-hmm. everybody's throwing in their polyrhythms. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a I lot like, like improv. I like right, that. Right. Yeah, I, I, I just wouldn't want us to end up like having hymns, you know, where everybody mm-hmm. kind of oh, sings yeah. awkwardly together. So as long as we avoid that, I'm cool with other. Okay. Music it's still, ideas. it's no still hymns. Crazy to me, like hymns. There's a, do you know, you know, Ram Dass? Have you ever heard yeah. who that is? Yeah. He's, well. I know that name. He, maybe if you got into, uh, he's more new agey for sure mm-hmm. um, kind of guy, but he has some great talks on just religious stuff in general. And one thing he talks about is like hymns there. I mean, if you read the text of like so many hymns, they're like so psychedelic in nature. They're like so written in ecstasy. And then they're uh, sung like shopping lists. <laughs> yeah, just like uh-huh. so passionless. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and that's actually the case at like a Methodist church I went to. It seems like very sweet people, but there's just like the least amount of energy you could possibly oh, have right. in singing about how His great God is. unending grace. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally. Which is less scary than like the, the like, you know, the Pentecostal or Assemblies of God where you're like vamping forever on chords and just being so passionate and like breaking down. But... 
it makes more sense almost to be that passionate if you really believe yeah, yeah. Although I'd like to throw in a good word for Jars of Clay who take those hymns. Oh, I love the them, Jars. Yeah, we, we are big Rain, rain on my shoulders, mm-hmm. rain, rain on my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know about sure. that. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any... So, I guess we had talked a little bit about prayer and meditation. Well, we didn't talk about prayer. I mean, do you, do you buy mm-hmm. into... Pr- what do you think about prayer? Well, I think you're talking to yourself and that can be <laughs> helpful sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. I so, mean, well, now you'll be talking to the pig god. I had a friend who was another atheist slash humanist slash what have you, and he argued very uh, passionately for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think maybe that can be a helpful mode. I don't know. I don't find it useful in my life, but I certainly want to stop others from it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, certainly not a requirement in our faith, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a chance for repentance in your faith? Oh, apologizing yeah, yeah of course. oh man but to other people mm-hmm. not to right not yeah. to the pig god yeah i guess you can apologize to the pig god but <laughs> but it should not take the place of apologizing to the people you've wronged mm. yeah yeah maybe the pig god can help give you advice on like i, I like the whole catholic <laughs> thing of like you go to confess your sins to someone i think that's good and helpful to have that conversation with someone and know that you can kind of be safe. Mm-hmm. So I think we could have something like that, but maybe they just kind of advise you on how to maybe take that and apply it in your real life. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think where it gets iffy is when you've actually wronged Kevin and then you go to your priest and you're like, I've wronged Kevin and your priest is like, well, I have the right to forgive that. And yeah. Poor Kevin's over here yeah, like, no excuse me. <laughs> Still like, go fuck yourself. I'll be the judge <laughs> of that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think I think in our faith, you still have to go and t- talk to fucking Kevin. And mm-hmm. we have that real uh, emphasis on, on, you know, letting the legal system take care of things. So if you if you confess to something that is illegal, mm-hmm. we'll rat you out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> cool. Uh, and, <laughs> wait. Sure. Ross wait. really wants us to have a strong prison system. <laughs> I didn't know Ross was so into the prison system but apparently nor did i nor did i you know what uh i think christians are about justice as well Uh everybody can get behind justice um where so where is this happening is it in uh is it in a rented like is in a shared community space Mm. or can it be in a community garden sure oh i love a community (laughs) i was picturing redwood trees i'd love okay uh, sure yeah i could be involved okay so maybe there's like uh, yeah, like a, a national forest where like there's the redwood trees and then there's like just a clearing with like vegetable gardens. I dig. Oh, oh, dig. Wonderful. Beautiful. <laughs> because, you know, the one thing that still gives me like a really that sense of transcendence is is uh, plants. Mm. I didn't really know it until this last year when I started gardening and I only garden on my balcony, but yeah. I like started planting things and I was like, oh my God, like the blueprints for this sunflowers in this little seed. And it just became like this crazy yeah yeah it like gave me that feeling x that transcendent we've got to be careful to avoid had. what we spot in so many religious groups which is like <laughs> yes. they they incorporate whatever were the particular little obsessions of the leader right now the they become yeah they become all of a sudden like doctrine and written like this is mm. you know your assigned task for all of these people everyone else who, right who don't have the same so excitement you, about you them. all yeah. don't have to plant seeds and obsess over them <laughs> right. but for me. But that does make sense because I, I still love nature. I feel like a lot of, you know, atheists, we, we or agnostics, whatever, we, or whatever labels we want to put no, on ourselves. No, you said it. You I know, but I'm, I'm not really, a, I'm not really an atheist because I have too much, like, nope, sorry, bullshit in the bag. It. But, but uh, like, 
when we we are like it is what it is. We are feeling the table and being like, oh, this uh-huh. is like this is like profound that how like simple and how nothing there is. But the, you're still you still have nature. The, nature yeah. is also that version of like this is nature. This is literally this is a factual real thing in front of me, and yet it is full of life. It is still. Yeah. And that's still the thing. This is the part of me that uh, that science never answers. And I know Richard Dawkins types would say like, well, science doesn't have to, like you don't need to come up with an answer for this. And religion would be like a manufacturing answer for this. But there's still, I can, I do believe in evolution and believe in all that, but I, there's still no why. Like why do things want to grow? Like why, did, why does positivity feel good? Like why does my life feel good when I'm making progress versus like feeling bad when I'm like backsliding, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like why does a plant want to, like there's no inherent reason why the world is as it is per se. But again, Richard Dawkins would be like, yeah, you don't have to, like, it's just a mystery. Yeah. You just I don't mean, need to know. So you're using two different definitions of why, right? So there's like the, the purpose, which is explained by evolution. And then there's like the teleological why. The right, like, right, right, what's right. the greater like reason? There's this feeling that we have that it has to like have this greater momentous right, right, right. reason. The, the process isn't a mystery, mm-hmm. but the actual, yeah, the underlying thing. And that's the part of like, but why? But why? And you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, there might just not be, there might not be that thing and that might be okay yeah mm-hmm. very well could be um is there any kind of youth group in your religion or sunday school type stuff Ooh. i always forget children exist so i'll let ross <laughs> cover this there boy. will be dog care though it has to be yeah oh boy uh <laughs> this is where we get our first like fraction or something where like they create <laughs> the first order of the pig dog church um <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, we'd just be very nervous about indoctrination, I guess. That would be kind mm-hmm. of our main concern. But kids, I think, would be involved <laughs> to participate in almost everything we do. Just checking in every now and then. You don't really believe this, right? Right. Okay, good, good, you good, know good. that you can leave anytime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you said there was going to be mission work, kind of community service type stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah it's going to be a real focus for us. Cool. Right, yeah. Uh, is there any like outreach, evangelism, marketing Etc. I'm, ac- I'm actually. Uh, I know we're talking about our new religion, but I'm v- I'm very involved now with Sunday Assembly, which is here in L.A. And that's kind of a, a non-theistic, uh, you know, alternative <clears throat> to church. And their mottos are live better, help often, and wonder more. Mm. And I think that's actually really great. And they've that's like great. Kind of yeah. captured that, and so they really do focus on helping other people and, uh, you know, just doing something fun and educational to get people together because that's important. So, I mean, I think they're doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about building our own. So what, what was I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, like, I've already kind of found some. Outreach. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I think, like, where a lot of religions, uh, especially these fringe religions. I'll let you edit that out. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> I think where a lot of fringe religions go wrong is, like, um, uh, focusing on the group itself instead of the things the group is doing. So I would vote for uh, doing outreach, but like focusing on today we are we are feeding the homeless. Today we are doing X. You can come to our service on Sunday. It's an Easter service. Here's what we're doing. Instead of like celebrating the group itself, I think that's yeah. where it becomes really insular and like self-celebratory. And mm. that's where you kind of get ugly. I think we could piggyback a lot on like meetup.com. People just kind of like inviting others to sure, their own yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be about any one activity. Mm-hmm. Is there any sense of afterlife or any, any takes on afterlife in this religion? I'm going to say no. I mean, there isn't it an feels afterlife. Like, so <laughs> 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 I mean, what kind so, of take would we have on nothing? Uh, well, I mean, so here's, here's what I think about when I'm thinking about my dog, Toomey, who passed away in 2012. 
Um, songs I think about him and I miss him. And I always um, walk my other dog. And I remember that she might remember him. And I tell her that Toomey's everywhere. You know, he's here. He's he's over here. And like we touch stuff. And uh, and I remind her, you know, like his his cells are out everywhere. They used to just be in one place. They were just in the dog and just in front of us. And now they're everywhere. And that's kind of neat. So I think like I try to think of the afterlife that way. It's I'm, just when you're when you go everywhere. I'm so sorry. I would go to your dog's birthday party. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> especially if it's like a cool hippie dog like that. Yeah. Right. See, yeah. My dog's very far out. <laughs> yeah. And there'd be like, you know, a, a concomitant emphasis on just living for today, enjoying the fact that we have life now and that we're lucky enough to be living and conscious. So that's all really cool. Cool. And then finally, uh, what do we call this thing? Hmm. Kevinism. Ke- why Kevin? Kevin's the one you wronged, and you're supposed to go back to Kevin and tell him you're sorry, mm, and Kevin. not go to your priest. Uh, or mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like somehow the uh, the pig god should be worked. Oh, you're time. right. What's the pig god's name? Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're wrong, Kevin, you have to tell Kevin. Actually, I feel like the pig's a girl pig. Okay. Because I see her little it- teats. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see oh i know you have lily the pig mm-hmm. all right well lilyism sure all right lilyism after lily the pig yeah lily the pig was a pig that i knew at a sanctuary she passed away so yeah maybe she's the god of some world lilitarianism Ooh, there we go lilitarianism yeah I like it has a lilt to it mm-hmm. rolls off the tongue <laughs> well uh we, wait yes. i would like to add another holy text yes okay so uh, what's his name? Michael Pollan wrote an article about magic mushrooms, uh-huh. and it was in the New Yorker. And it's all about how people who are dying, if they eat psilocybin, their fear of death goes away. I think I've seen that article. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I've never consumed psilocybin, but just reading that article gave me this like <clears throat> transcendent hope that I was like, just the thought that something grows out of the ground that takes away people's <laughs> fear of death. Like, I don't know. It gave me this, like, very peaceful feeling. Well, and I think everyone should go read that article. I have taken psilocybin, and, well, it does. Uh, it's, oh, <laughs> it does. There okay. you go. Awesome. And, and it helps. There you go. Um, well, thank you guys so much. This was a lot of fun. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah. So uh, where do people, where would you like people to find you in your podcast? I mean, I'll have the links in my, in my shit. Maximumfun.org. Okay. Or, we are part of the Max Fun group. Maybe you've heard of iTunes, the little store uh-huh. called iTunes. Oh, well, yeah. that's a little niche thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, search for Ono, oh Ross, there. and Carrie. Uh, join, join our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, thank, once again, thank you so much. Oh, thanks for Pleasure. having us. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. This is great. Join our religion. <laughs> and that's the show. One more time, thank you to Ross and Carrie. Check out Ono oh with Ross and Carrie. And go to chooseyourownreligion.com for more episodes of this show. And spread the word if you like this show. I love you guys very much. Jamaste. What's a creative podcast network?